Welcome to Movie Time Machine, your retro movie review and pop culture podcast where we review movies from the past and chat about what we're streaming in the present. I'm your uh, Movie Time Machine uh, replacement co-host, Casey, and I wanted to introduce you to my other singular replacement co-host, Jamie. What the hell's going on here tonight? We're like trapped in a dimension where two of our hosts have been replaced by us but then we are in a different dimension traveling for other things it's a real rick and morty situation i need some i wish we had the interstellar drop as like a sound effect that we could just use this entire episode like mind blown well so here we are uh you know we're here from movie time machine i i guess i don't know if we've like formally talked about it and i guess you know chad cut this out if it's not something you wanted to you know you don't want uh, internal things politics talked about during the cast or anything but uh you know chad has made mention that uh instead of you know ensuring everyone's here for big huge episodes we should be just kind of shooting for you know getting together and, and having some good conversations and get some consistent episodes in the hopper so uh you know jamie and i are here uh chad and james are incapacitated for the evening uh with whatever life has thrown at them this evening uh, but we're we're gonna you're gonna round it out. We're gonna make some. We're gonna you know make some magic happen. We're gonna create some fire. Absolutely. And, uh, the kids would call it lit, right? <laughs> the kids would call it lit. Lit it shall be. Yeah, lit it. Let's be litted. I think it it's really weird though that I think this is the first and first episode Chad has never been on the show. I'm like very aware of that. Are you okay, C? Hmm. Yeah. I uh, I see. I'm not that aware of it, honestly, because I know there's some. There have been shows I haven't been a part of, and honestly, you know, I was a, a late addition. You know, I overlapped Chris when he was around, and uh, you know, he's since departed for other other ventures and other podcasts. You know, he's in like six other podcasts. He just doesn't have time for us now, unfortunately. Right. You know, it, it's so many different things that kid's booked. You know. 50 hours a week on top of his job. Crazy. But, you know, I wasn't around for the beginning. So there's some, you know, some of the, I believe some of our highest listened to shouts to the fans uh, podcasts were from before my time. Some of the early ones, you guys had some bangers back in the day. And, uh, and I know you and Chad sometimes do some horror, 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 uh horror horror reviews uh you know solo and I, you know me i don't like horror movies you don't want me in those because i'm just gonna sit there and bitch about how much i don't like it so <laughs> i actually am not aware i uh, wasn't aware this is the first chadless podcast i would like to say i'm glad and honored to be part of that uh chad we miss you and uh hopefully you're proud of the garbage that's going to come out of our mouths don't kick us off the show chad <laughs> please god <laughs> oh no oh no well anyways what's new man what's uh what's what's new in life anything you what are you watching what are you playing anything interesting you want to riff on great question casey so i was trying to think of what i've been into this week and um i've been i've been reading so not a ton movie nice. wise yeah i um I started reading The Fellowship of the Ring. I'd read The Hobbit a couple times and then but I'd never read the trilogy. And mm-hmm. as one of those things, as we get older, I'm I'm not exactly confronting my mortality, but I did have the thought like, man, if I died and never read those, that would kind of suck. Not that I would know. Sure. But mm-hmm. 
so that was kind of my inspiration and it's yeah it's really good um i'm more impressed more than anything by how well how great of a job the movies did in Mm -hmm. you know sticking to the story keeping the important stuff and like editing where necessary it's incredible um so lord of the rings but as far as watching um i'm getting into euphoria i watched yeah have you have you seen it no i mean i know of it uh so can go on i have a feeling you would like it i don't i think i hardly need to sell it to you but i've seen episode one and halfway through episode two and you know what it's about right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay mm -hmm. yeah it's just I think stylistically, it's one of the most creative things I've seen made for TV in a very long time. It's wow. a very cool show. I see why all the kids huge. are all about it. Yeah. It's yeah. a huge endorsement. I, it, it's so good. And it's one of those things that was like so highly recommended. I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know if that happens mm-hmm. to you or not. You know, like, uh, okay. Yeah, same. And the premise kind of weirds me out a little bit. Like, I'm not sure I'm down with watching a show about a bunch of... Uh, you know, high school kids doing drugs and getting it on that like, usually I steer clear of those type of things, but like, honestly, you know, all comments aside about how she is just a gorgeous human being. Like Zendaya is a fantastic and phenomenal actress. Like everything she touches is usually pretty darn good. So like her alone is, is part of the the selling point. Like I just kind of want to watch other things she's in um, because she's good. Well, and that's really interesting to hear you say that because I hadn't considered that and and a lot of these episodes, they do feel like micro horror movies, but kind of Mm -hmm. social horror movies, if that makes sense. Existential even. Yes. And doubly scary as a father with daughters. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's that going on. It's like it's kind of a stressful watch. But like I said, it's you should give it a try because more than anything, I'm just it has a real style to it that doesn't exist Mm -hmm. in any other show that I've seen. And that alone is very impressive. Wow, that's a good sell. I like I uh, to be quite frank, uh, as much as it looked amazing, it wasn't really on the top of the list, but that does kind of sell it. I think maybe that's something uh, something me and the, the wife could could give a watch to yeah let, let me know if you do yeah it's very it's, curious it's, for me personally it's tough to hit those like heavy ones um and i think we've talked about this right you gotta almost have a less you have to have a lighter option in the hopper like a, a yeah a, the office that you're re-watching that you can watch an episode of before bed or like parks and rec for the longest time was one of you know our shows that we'd watch after something really heavy like watching uh man when we watched true detective season one that True oh. Detective season one is a masterpiece of of television, but that is it tiptoes the line of, of stuff that's too intense for me. But oh, my goodness, it was so good that it was, you know, I couldn't stop. But we always, always had to watch something lighter after, which was generally like I think at that time we were just getting through Parks and Rec. So that was ooh, yeah. something. I completely get it. Yeah, I definitely I'll 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 watch a Ted Lasso or a Ballers after Euphoria Mm -hmm. for sure. Oh, for sure. That's actually maybe a good plot. Uh, We we haven't watched Ted Lasso. That's that's high on my list uh, for what I want to watch. So maybe uh, maybe we tag team those two shows and maybe get them both at the same time to to get down in the depths and then come back up with some Ted Lasso. Sweet. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it it's another one of those shows, too, that fell into that category that everybody was watching it. And I was like, uh, OK. And Ted Lasso. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. 
and it's on Apple, which I, I had no mm-hmm. other reason to get Apple TV. Um, right. Yeah, but started watching it and uh, again loved it. It's hilarious. It's not too cute or too into itself. It, I don't know. It's I'll not. Take the it's cute. Not. It's fun. I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah, but it cute. totally works. So sometimes you just need to to chill, watch something cute. Totally. Yeah, but wh- what about you? What What have you been watching? Listening. Uh, so to? I'm. Uh, so that's a really good call out because uh, I'm going to deviate a little bit. Obviously, I'm the YouTube guy, so I've got some YouTube recommendations and also uh, a music recommendation. I uh, have historically been a huge Kid Cudi fan, but I missed. I just whiffed on his last album that came out like a year or two ago. Uh, but I've been listening to that nonstop on repeat because it was so fantastic. And the really funny part about it, and it's actually kind of good that I missed it because in the time that it came out until now, I also uh, fell in love with and became a really good fan of Phoebe Bridgers, you know, an indie artist. Um, and that's even funnier because she, I, I don't know if she's in the same label of, uh, uh, but she's definitely like pals with and has written music with and is in another band with uh, Connor Oberst of Bright Eyes. And he's like, that's all I listened to in high school was Bright Eyes. I was like the most emo Elliot Smith Bright Eyes, you know, give me that sad, depressing crap. That's all, you know, in my veins, inject that crap was all I did. Um, and so it's funny because that's like my past, right? I loved Bright Eyes Connor Oberst, who would now like he's his protege is blossoming, right? As Phoebe Bridger, she's amazing. Um, and then Kid Cudi, who I was a big fan of. So it's in an, I don't know, just a funny intersection that uh, they have. Sorry, I didn't reveal that they have a track together on his newest album that is one of my favorite songs on the album. So Kid Cudi. Brighton bangers also relevant because uh, Joe Burrow, you know, the uh, losing quarterback of the Super Bowl uh, that we just got through uh, is a huge Kid Cudi fan, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, moving on, I've got some YouTube recommendations. I actually have two new channels uh, that I've found or discovered that have been really interesting. The first one is called Folding Ideas, and this is uh, it's kind of like a visual essay, right? A lot, all of his videos are basically visual essay. He's just talking about a subject, right? He's, it's an essay about something. Uh, but the one that hooked me was the most recent one he did was about NFTs and it kind of perfectly illustrated, uh, you know, what I don't like about NFTs. And, and, and it was, I don't know, he just tells, he, he speaks on facts really well. Um, and then he had another one that I thought was really good that is relevant. Oh yeah. The, he has one on rent, uh, rent and the uh, fail like failure of uh, like visual editing, I think is what it was. Um, and side side note, he also has one called The Art of Editing in Suicide Squad, where he just obliterates the first Suicide movie and how awful it was from an, a movie editing perspective. So super relevant, you know, to our pod and, and movies and whatnot. So uh, super awesome channel. He, he does a lot with film and things like that. Um, but I love uh, like YouTube essays where it's, you know, I mean, the NFT one is a two hour video, two hour long video. Most of his other ones are maybe 30 minutes. Um, The Suicide Squad one is like a half hour. The Rent one, I think, is 20 minutes. But man, some of these really interesting ones, it's just, uh, you know, the same way you listen to a podcast, you could probably just throw this on and listen to it. There's not a ton of visuals, but obviously there is some that that help kind of drive the story. But uh, yeah, I love that stuff. So wait, real quick, what's um, what's the channel yeah, of the first one you recommended called again? Folding ideas. Folding, is, like folding in half. 
that's is that's not the line goes up video on it. Yeah, the line goes up. Yep, that's okay. the one that helped me. Yeah, dude. Yep, that's the one. Okay, I need to watch then, that. Uh, I, yeah. Oh, dude, he has so many good ones. He uh, he has like a just a twenty minute one about Jamie Oliver, like the you know famous Food Network type chef. I think he's a British guy, but you know you've probably seen him in something at some point. He's like a sub quasi famous chef, but he has some weird like. Uh, it's called the war on nuggets. Cause I guess in many different shows and things, Jamie Oliver just like bashes chicken nuggets as a type of food. And it's just funny the way that this, the, that this guy, the folding ideas dude kind of goes through that whole concept of why would you like bashing chicken nuggets is almost like a classist type of thing, right? Like how, who are you to like, uh, you know, hate on, you know, really affordable, you know, easy to easy to prepare types of foods that we all know and love anyways. So it's just a super you know, interesting and kind of funny in ways. Um, and analysis of that. It looks like there's one here is he has something on Lord of the Rings, too. So there you go. That's relevant. And then the other channel I found um, that I found a really interesting video on. Was um, this guy named Timba on toast. Super weird name. What a name. Timba and it's like Timba with a period then on period toast. Um, and it, I, the reason I stumbled into it is going to be obscure, but I, I'm a big, uh, I like to follow politics and I like to watch, uh, some different Twitch streamers and political commentators, uh, on the left. Cause I'm a super crazy lefty. Um, but then there's all these guys on the right that are always interesting, um, to kind of analyze. And this guy has a couple of videos analyzing uh, many videos actually hours of commentary analyzing uh some of the kind of right-wing grifter commentators um like dave rubin and tim pool i don't know if you know who they are actually tim pool i guess technically isn't right-wing he he claims he's like a centrist he says a, he's not but it's I so fucking dumb yeah it's it's weird it's weird it's awful but anyways i, I ran into him because he had this new uh just a month ago a new you know hour-long commentary on tim pool and about how he actually doesn't you know make decisions or actually have opinions he just sits on the fence but through that i found uh these videos and he has an hour-long video that was just enlightening and it's called all my homies hate skrillex and it's, it's about <laughs> dubstep because this guy was a huge fan of dubstep which was a genre well before skrillex uh based mostly in the uk and this guy's an english guy um, and it's just super fascinating because it's a whole genre of music I was never really exposed to. And it actually, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to actually rewatch it and go find some of the, his recommendations because some of the the tracks he played during it was sounded pretty cool. But, yeah, I had no idea uh, if you're interested at all in anything music related. It was a really fascinating dive into, you know, his history growing up with dubstep and then having, you know, Skrillex show up and kind of ruin the genre and make everyone, you know, if you think dubstep, you probably think Skrillex. And that's actually not you know, where the genre really came from. Um, it was really fascinating. Timba well, and on toast. Timba on toast. And once Ellie Goulding dumped Skrillex, I mean, that was all I needed to know, really. Because... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's She's about phenomenal. It. That's about I, it. Like, I, I, I don't know anything about her personally, but I, I really do like her music. I don't know. I, I have these random pop stars that I'm like, oh, I really dig that sound. And Sure. Yeah, she's got one of those voices. But I will say, your YouTube channels have never steered me wrong. So listeners, I take Sweet. Casey up on his word because he was first uh, to recommend to me All Gas, No Breaks, which became Channel uh, 5. Now Channel 5. Channel 5, let's go. Yep, Channel 5. And um, the, uh, the oh, what's his name? What makes this song stink? 
Oh, dude, he just has a new one that I haven't watched yet where he's talking about some Red Hot Chili Peppers track. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, you're right. What makes a song stink? I don't remember the guy's name. Hold on, I'll find it in just a second here. I can't think of it. Um, while you're looking, did you did you check out the, I think, Alex Melton, that one I sent you? No, I haven't watched that one yet, no. Oh, you you got to check it out. It's so funny. He's um this guy who does, um he plays a lot of pop punk and he does a lot of covers, but the one I oh yeah the Blink One Eighty Two one yeah it's like if Blink One Eighty Two played Vanessa Carlton's A Thousand Miles and it's so great he plays the that's whole perfect. song every instrument and it's incredible yeah that's perfect too because that's also you know I was mentioning a minute ago about my you know musical past and even before I became an emo dude before that I was a pop punk guy and Blink you know, Blink One Eighty Two is not the first concert I ever went to. I went to a Green Day concert. That was the first concert I ever went to. Uh, but Blink-182 was like the, you know, my junior high days. Uh, that was the the number one group that I followed and, and went and watched as much as I could. Oh, yeah. Enema of the State. Come on. I've been. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> a dude. No, a dude. Dude Ranch. Dude Ranch was dude my Ranch. actual. That was so good. I mean, uh, I think Enema was the first one I listened to. And then I went backwards and. uh dude ranch i wore that cd out i listened to it so much so super random dude ranch tangent have you do you listen to 60 songs that explain the 90s now we're just doing podcasts no Um, no but that sounds like a recommendation i need to hear it's really good it's a ringer podcast rob harvilla he um breaks down one song from the 90s and you know what makes it impactful what makes it impactful to him but they did an Mm -hmm. episode on blink i can't remember the song but they were talking about dude ranch and he i can never unhear this because he, he was talking about, you know, how they make fart jokes and dick jokes and they went yep, on the poo poo pee pee tour. And he was like, dude, ranch is probably a euphemism for ejaculation. And I was like, oh, my God, he's absolutely right. And now I can never unthink of that when I. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 100 percent. Sorry. Ruined. But well, not ruined, but maybe enhanced. Honestly. Enhanced. I know. Yeah. It, enhanced. Welcome to the party, Jamie. I never picked up on that. But yeah. Oh, dude, I was such an intense Blink fan, not to keep riffing on it, but like I have the uh, on the shelf behind me, I have their like first and second, I think, like tour DVD or documentary DVD, the Urethra Chronicles, I believe it was called. Classic. Uh, I have their book, Tales from Beneath Your Mom, I think is the name of the book <laughs> that I had purchased at some point, like huge fan, super devastated when uh, Tom and Mark, uh, there was a rift that came between them super devastated, but now glad to hear uh, that Mark had cancer uh, that I believe is in remission now. Yeah. Recently in the last year or so he was fighting cancer, but I think it was a pretty quick fight and it's, it's good ish now. And to top the cherry on top, the top, the cherry on the top What the fuck to uh, the cherry on top of this good news uh, is I believe uh, Mark and Tom have reconciled and there may be a reunion tour or something in the works um and i will eat that up yeah you're you're singing my song to pop the cherry on top that's their next album that's the name of their next album they'll do it (laughs) oh that's awesome well let's let's use music as a transition do you want to dive into our topic that we created for this episode yeah so yeah we were just chatting on the side you know what are we gonna jam on today we didn't have a movie you know lined up so what could we talk about and you know what to be completely honest i forget what it was that you even mentioned that kind of spawned it you i think you brought it up you asked 
Yeah, this was it's kind of a far cry genre wise yeah. for me. It, it musicals. We're going to talk about musicals. Um, so anyone who's not interested, stop now. But please don't. Don't. No, no, no. Don't. No. Don't. Don't leave yet. <laughs> you might. It, it'll be we great. Might still be interesting. It'll be great. No, um, we're both Mickey, drinking at least, so that helps. Yeah, yeah. Crack a beer if you haven't already, and you know, sit down. Seats warm. It'll be great. Yeah, come hang out. We're just <laughs> we're just hanging out. We're just chatting. We're just chatting. Um, so I'm trying to watch the Oscar movies before the ceremony. I try every year and fail. Sure, but, sure. Uh, <laughs> West Side Story just dropped on Disney Plus, and so Mickey and I um, popped that in, so to speak, last night, and got about halfway through. It's a long movie. It's like two and a half hours per the original runtime. Um, I think that's up there too, but yeah, I got halfway through. It's, it's really great. And yeah. you know, I, I don't know why I generally have this aversion to musicals, but then I'll watch a great one and realize immediately why they're so good. And so that, that was kind of the jumping off point for, you know, talking through it here. And I, if you wanted to do it, I think we were just going to pick our top three or our top five. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't have any yeah. order really, but yeah, yeah however sure. you want to do it. Well, actually, the first thing I want to ask is, have you seen the original West Side Story? So I have. It's one of my okay. parents' favorite movies. Um, so they sure. they showed it to us, and but it's been such a long time. I mean, like I remember Natalie Wood. Agreed. I remember yeah. Rita Moreno, but that's kind of about it. So, bro, I think I rented that vhs maybe from the library it was either vhs or dvd but i got it from the library when i first watched that way back in the day and honestly i don't know if i've seen it since but it's good to know that you were at least familiar and had maybe some vague memories of of the original when going into this one and then to hear that you're liking it that much yeah it it really caught me off guard because you never know when making a new musical are they going to do shot for shot are they going to do their own thing Mm -hmm. is it going to be set in today or you know it's set in the 50s and like I said, it's been so long that I couldn't speak well enough as to how closely it follows the original. I mean, all the songs are there, you know, all the characters are there. But right. apart from that, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I was kind of bl- I mean, I shouldn't be. Steven Spielberg's amazing. I think he's one right. of the directors we take for granted mm-hmm. more than most just because he is so big. But yeah, I think so far, and like I said, only halfway through, haven't finished it, but he's really, you know, put his own. Uh, mark on it and it, it's incredible man just the set wow. like he's got wow. um i mean like blues Brothers style whole group mm-hmm. of people dancing in the streets in new york and it's awesome that's awesome yeah well shoot where does that then uh let's transition where does that land in your your list you, is it make your top three top five well i don't want to put it on there yet because i haven't finished it and i haven't revisited the sure. original so i just in you know in the spirit of fairness that it, it wouldn't land on my list, but I guess I'll do you want to do three or five? Uh, you know, I've got, uh, probably five that I could say are my top five. Okay, cool. So if yeah, you've I, got five. Let's go with that. Okay. So I'll start my number five. I completely forgot it was a musical, but I'm going to go with South Park, bigger, longer and uncut for my number five. <laughs> spot. <laughs> All right. All right. I see where we're going here. I see. <laughs> yeah. I just, it blame Canada and oh uh, yeah Cartman or Kyle's mom. I mean, God, those Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they just have a direct line to my funny bone and I love those guys. Oh yeah. National treasures. So that's your number one. Or are we going backwards? Oh, sorry. I was going backwards. So that's number five. Okay. Perfect. Me. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, shoot. Are you, should you want me, I should do my five or do you want to do your whole list? Um, uh, let's, let's go back and forth. Okay, sweet. So I think 
uh, I haven't ranked these. I picked them out, but it's tough. Let me, you know, I'm going to on the fly. I think my number five, and it's kind of funny that you uh, went with the comedies because I'm going to do that as well. I think Avenue Q uh, is my fifth favorite musical. Are you familiar? It, kind of. It's the one, all I, it's the, it's the, um, the crude one with puppets, right? Uh, basically Sesame Street on, on crack, right? Because okay. Avenue Q is, it's Sesame Street, Avenue Q, it's, that's kind of the riff on it. The, that's the whole concept of it is it's all puppets except for save, I don't know, one or two humans um, that you see on stage that are, that are singing along. Uh, but the whole thing, it's just, it's goofy. Um, it was pointing to the time, uh, the political references are like George Bush and things like that. Uh, so okay. it's a little dated to that regard but man some of the songs uh i will still you know they'll just get stuck in my head um super funny ones like uh and and i guess references to it uh will happen a lot like the intro of the movie is the main character just graduated college with a bachelor's degree in english and that's literally the first song is what do you do with a ba in english like what is my <laughs> life supposed to be <laughs> like and so he's just pontificating what am i going to do and then he ends up getting an apartment in like the slums of new york and avenue q and then he meets all these other guys but then you know you've got classics like uh Schei- there's a whole song called scheidenfreude which is about you know the german word for taking pleasure in other people's pain so it's a super catchy song called scheidenfreude um, and then uh, obviously the internet is really great for porn is a super funny song, uh, cause it's, you know, about the internet and then, you know, a guy just wants to use it for porn. Um, but no, it's, it's good. Uh, it's a pretty funny one. Um, I guess, uh, it doesn't completely like hold up, hold up cause of some of the, the time-based nature, some of the jokes, but I'll go back and listen to it from time to time. It's a pretty good one. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I gotta, so is it a movie or a play? It's a it's a stage musical. The best you could find is a soundtrack. I don't think there's even a way you could watch it at this point. Okay. It's a it's a it was a Broadway musical. I I doubt it's even on stage anywhere anymore. But uh, the soundtrack was recorded. It was on CD. I'm pretty sure it's on Spotify. Okay, so I need to track down the the uh, the oh my god soundtrack. That's Avenue the word I was looking Q. For. Yeah, Avenue Q. Got it. Sweet. Okay. Um. Well, what's your four? Four. So, and again, I should have prefaced this from the start, but I, I've, like I said, I'm, I'm not a huge musicals guy, so there, there will be some gaps. So it's like, oh my god, yeah. where's West Side Story? Where's whatever? Um, so. Oh no, don't worry. I'm skipping a lot of the classics as well. It's my personal five. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. Um, so I would say number four. I don't know why this one hit, uh, with me. I parts of it are cheesy, but I don't care. It's <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. I think it was like 2004. All right, somewhere All right. around there. But um, yep. Yeah, I, Gerard Butler. I think that's the best he's ever been in a movie, honestly. Um, as the Phantom, and you got Patrick Wilson before he was a thing. Emmy Rossum. Oh, yeah. yeah, I I loved that one. So Phantom Four for me. That's a good. That's a good grab there because that's a that's Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's a, a bastion of the musical scene uh, on stage as well. And honestly, I had pulled up uh, just to like refresh because I've seen and listen. I haven't seen the time I've listened to so many because I was also a uh, theater nerd kind of in high school. So I, you know, was into a lot of this then. So I had to pull up a list like, man, I've listened to some of these and enjoyed some of these. And when I pulled up a list, Phantom of the Opera is number four on like best musicals of all time. So it's it's a classic. It's popular. It's uh, on this list is ahead of West Side Story. Um, it's not uh, not to fully transition. It doesn't actually make my list. Spoiler alert. But there are 
Um, I think the reason it doesn't is because some of the songs I'm not super into. There's some bangers that will definitely get stuck in my head. Um, but there's some that I'm just kind of like, meh, about. And uh, the story's kind of sus too, right? It's uh, kind of creepy dude just living in the castle and, you know, seducing people. So the movie, the the story, a little weird. Yeah, that, but anyways, that's my number four. <laughs> yeah, my number four is speaking of weird stories, but also staying on the... Uh, the you know what no i am gonna bump i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna audible right now because that's gonna get bumped up a spot um the it was gonna be my three i'm bumping it down to four um my number four musical of all uh that i like the most is called the last five years are you familiar with the musical and then made into a movie the last five years not even a little bit tell me more cool awesome so i actually listened to it when the soundtrack came out back in 2002 again theater nerd it was introduced to me by a buddy uh who was even more of a nerd than i was um but man do i love this uh soundtrack it is it is uh super good and super unique and uh kind of like heart-wrenching all at the same time and then it was created into a film in 2014 2015 starring anna kendrick uh who did the female role and so to give you uh more of a synopsis it is a two person show it's not a one-man show it is a two-person show and is a the synopsis of a relationship over five years um but the really cool part is they kind of go back and forth like the the woman in the relationship will sing a song and then the man will and the interesting twist is that the first song of the uh the whole show is when their marriage is dissolving they've just broken up and it's sung by the 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 woman so she's it's like the end of the line it's the end of their relationship the next song is sung by the man at the very beginning when they first met and so the entire show kind of goes back and forth um where they're going opposite directions it starts with every song he sings um, and it kind of goes back and forth. Every song he sings is, you know, starting at the beginning of the relationship, going forward chronologically. Every song she sings is actually going backwards. So you are kind of getting both sides of the story. And it's really interesting because then the the middle song, they kind of meet and they sing together at the same point in time, which is amazing. And then it also ends with obviously um, her at the beginning of the relationship and him at the end. Um, but they sing an amazing like end song where it, they, it's just so interesting how they can kind of she's basically singing, you know, I found someone I'm in love with. And he's like, it's it's really unfortunate we couldn't be together. Like, it's just so funny, the dichotomy of those two things together. Um, but again, I thought it was brilliant. Um, I don't think it's nearly as acclaimed as it probably should be, probably because there's only, you know, the two people in it. But uh, in reading, I actually haven't seen the film with Anna Kendrick. But when I was peeking in um, some reviews, some, uh, some people said it was maybe like her best performance ever. So I should go check that out. Cause I'm a big Anna Kendrick fan um, and a big fan of this show. So I should go. Uh, so go check it out, man. You just sold me. It's, it almost sounds like it, it eternal sunshine vibes, you know, uh, a little bit. Um, that has a much happier ending. This one has no happy ending or beginning, and you kind of know the end. You know, right? You you spoil it for yourself the whole way through because you know how it's going to end and it's not going to be good. Um, so it's a different little vibe there. Where at least in Internal Sunshine, there's some like hope in the end. Um, but man, this is uh some of the songs are super catchy. Um, it spans different genres between jazz and uh, you know, one of the 
the the male in the story is Jewish, so there's a little bit of like uh like Jewish uh I'm reading here it's called klezmer, kind of like instrumental Jewish type music. Uh but a little bit of blues, a little bit of rock. Um super interesting. Uh really I, I liked it a lot. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to find a way to track that down because you I'm pretty sure the soundtrack me. would be on like a Spotify. Um but again, Anna Kendrick was in a film. Uh you know, I couldn't tell you wait, here it is, the film. I don't know where you could watch it at this point. Um but yeah, Anna Kendrick and uh jeremy jordan seems to be his name uh so good luck finding it don't know where it is but uh (laughs) yeah also yeah the soundtrack alone i mean if you're ever in the car just like jamming you know working want to put some headphones in um it's a it's a decently short listen um because it's just the i think 14 tracks so it's about the length of a of an album you know it's not uh, the longest show ever it's you know some of these musicals we're going to talk about you know are like two discs long, you know, 40 songs or something like that. Oh yeah. I got a couple for my top two that are long, mm-hmm. long, long. Nice. All right. So let's, let's move on. What's your three? Number three. So I could not do a list without throwing some horror into the mix. That's just kind of <laughs> how I roll. So number three, Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet nice. street. Yeah. That was, that was another one that I avoided, uh, one, because it was a musical, and that was kind of when Tim Burton was really going full Tim Burton on his movies, mm-hmm. and I was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, I've, I've seen it. I'm No, thank you. But I think it was like two years ago, maybe, I finally just sat down and watched it. It was on Netflix or something, and I loved yeah. it. I loved it. Yeah. It was Music was great. The actors are all great. That was before we knew more than we needed to about Johnny Depp. Um, so, well, sure. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I loved it. Sasha Baron Cohen, come on it's yeah yeah love sweeney todd yeah i think that's a that's a good uh that's a good pick i i thought that film was pretty darn good too um i i mean i don't think it's the the most catchy and re-listenable musical and maybe that's why how i judge them is it's hard for me to get into musicals without watching them so if i can listen to one and it hooks me um i'll uh like the last five years i've never seen that on stage ever and i love that show so to never have seen it um and to love the music is a huge barometer for me. And like I've seen Sweeney's Hod, and I haven't gone back and listened to a ton of it, you know, since. Um, there's probably, you know, it's probably similar to Phantom of the Opera, where I think there's a couple of really, really good catchy tracks on it. Um, but then, uh, but I don't know, maybe, maybe that genre isn't. Uh, I don't know. Either way, it's a good I, pick. I think uh, number twenty-five here on this list I'm looking at of the best ever. Um, but it looks like. It's number nine on the best Tony award winning. So it's a Tony award winning musical. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cause I think yeah. my, my feelings are kind of like yours. It's not, it's not the music I think of it's, although, you know, it's good. I like it, but it, the songs don't stand out like a Maria or, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I feel pretty or any of those. It, it's definitely the, the dark, the horror elements of it, all the dirty London, you know, yeah. um, and the movie is really good. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And just the the thought of sitting down. Have you ever gotten a a shave with a straight razor? No, actually, it's kind of terrifying to think of that. I'm a bearded fellow, so I don't shave very often. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, that's that's something that's kind of scary. Like you put a knife to my throat. Exactly. Yeah. That concept alone is enough to make me just kind of cross my legs and. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, yeah, what's Good your pick? Three? Number three. My three um, is 
was super popular a couple of years ago, and uh, I was lucky enough that my for one of my birthdays, I think it was a year or two before we had kids. It was a while ago. Um, but it happened to be in town here, uh, you know, in Minneapolis. And my wife brought me to the Book of Mormon, which, you know, so we good. talked about, you know, Matt and Trey. And oh, my goodness, Book of Mormon, super duper good. Um, one of those musicals, you can listen to the music over and over again. I It's one that I probably had. I listened to it a ton before I went and saw it. I probably would have really gotten into it, but, you know, just never put the time in to actually listen to it and follow the story. But then seeing it on stage is a whole nother thing. And it's so easy to get into the music because you're going back and re-listening to it after seeing the show. But uh, yeah, Book of Mormon, super funny. Um, and the it's funny because uh, just to keep riffing on Matt and Trey, the first I even really knew of Book of Mormon was when they were kind of touring for it and promoing it was at the same time there was that documentary on, I believe, Comedy Central called Seven Days to Air. I don't know if you ever saw this. It was basically a documentary of the South Park creation process. Yeah. Um, But, but they were, you know, it was during the book of Mormon fame that this came out. So I kind of like associate them, but um, yeah, just speaking of that too, that's one of my favorite things that I've ever seen on TV. And I've actually rewatched that same thing that, that silly documentary, like multiple times because it was so entertaining. Um, But that would be another side tangent recommendation is uh, if you haven't seen that, go check it out. Yeah. And it real quick, it, I, I was so glad they put that out because it was the answers to the questions mm-hmm. like I didn't even know I was asking, but I was like, right. man, they're so current with these episodes. How yeah. are they doing it? Like this just happened last week and it answers that question because they create a show oh, and yeah. animate it in a week. That's nuts. And I'm a huge Bill Hader fan. So to see him jamming out with those guys as well was just so entertaining. Chef's kiss. Oh, my good. Yeah. All right. What do you got for number two? Two. Okay, so two um is just kind of an all timer tradition. It's it's White Christmas. We um I you know, I come from a big musical family, aunts, uncles, mm-hmm, my dad, mm-hmm. everyone. So I mean my my parents had us watching White Christmas since I was probably like five years old. And wow. it's like yeah, I so I've seen it so many times every year. And it wasn't until I got older I like, you know, started to appreciate it more the music. Um timeless, classic always watch it around Christmas and yeah, I don't know. I love it. Bing Crosby and Danny Kay. I mean, come on. Wow. It's a classic. Yeah. I can't, I can't actually say I've seen it. So I'll have to add that to the list, especially uh, maybe this holiday season. Yeah. Danny Kay is incredible. Well, I mean, uh, I'm going to quick, just move on to my number two. Uh, I think we've talked about it at some pod at some point, specifically back when Chris was here, because he's a, a giant fanboy as well. But Hamilton's my number two. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. I was in love with Hamilton. I thought it was so good. Um, I, my first introduction was the the Disney Plus show. And actually, um, you know, shouts to Chris himself. He uh, had me listening to it many times, trying to like get me into it because he was so into it and it's so hard for me to get into a musical without seeing it first or like seeing some uh, stage performance or some performance. I don't know why. Um, and some things, you know, it clicks different than others, but man, once I saw Hamilton, um, part of it is also the visual because this, you know, the coordination on the, on the stage and everything and some of the effects and lighting uh, just add to it. But my, my goodness, it was uh, so well done, super catchy, timeless. My kids love it. Um, we've listened to it in the car many a times. Um, Hamilton, my second favorite musical. 
great choice. And I want to, before my number one, I want to address the absence of Hamilton on my list. And it's simply because, <laughs> no, it's not that. I, I'm I'm that guy. I still haven't finished it. So it, Oof, it's it a felt, long one. It's a slog. It is. I, I've seen act one. I loved it. The music is amazing. So I have no doubt that it would it would be on my list. I, I just like in again, in the spirit of fairness, I didn't want to put it on there until I'd seen the whole for thing. For sure. For sure. So that's the only reason it's not there. Um, But OK, my number the drum one rolls. What do you got? Fiddler on the roof. It's wow. Uh, there it is. Yeah, it's three hours long, but um, I did not mean to make this connection, but it's about a uh, Russian family, Jewish family, hmm. who is uh, displaced by the uh, hmm. oligarchical government of Russia. Where have we heard this story hmm. before? <laughs> it's like the tale that keeps on, hmm. tale as old as time. Um, but so I, I've seen it in a couple forms. Obviously, the 71 um, movie with Topol is what I associate mm-hmm. with it the most. He's unbelievable. Um, as Tevia and uh, I actually oh, yeah. got to see a production where my dad played Tevia and that um, fantastic very fond memory he was so good too so for all the reasons it's all, all of the songs are catchy as hell they're so good I filler on the roof is my numero uno nice shot nice pick no, that's number nine on this ranker.com list I'm just uh, trying to check out where these things land that's uh, you've got a couple top tens on Ooh. your list here before you My, give yours, what's the ranker? I'm just curious. Uh, ranker.com. I don't know. I just or what's their the number musicals. one? Uh, well, I was just going to tell you their number <laughs> one actually corresponds with my number one. Look at you! Fantastic segue. Look at you. Look at us. Uh, my favorite musical of all time is Les Misérables. Um, oh yeah, I knew which that. is I actually yeah, you knew that, which is super funny because we've actually talked about it on the pod. Um, I thought the movie was pretty awful. Preach. Um, I'll watch it because I love. The musical um but I, I i won't watch it very often um but man it is bad but les mis as a musical um the music is 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 just absolutely amazing and if you listen to the right you know people singing the right parts um obviously uh, a good jean valjean and not uh, wolverine doing some warbly ass you know i didn't eat for five days shit um and ruining his voice uh you get actual people singing the actual songs um it is a obviously uh, a lot of people think it's number one because it's number one on this list but oh my goodness it is a beautiful masterpiece the way that they uh they tie the melodies the same kind of melodies from songs will you'll hear them again reprised in different ways and then they'll come together and show themselves in like the the midway finale and then again in the end finale like you know it's a sign of an amazing musical when you kind of hear those same tendrils of of things established in act one kind of moving their way through and you hear reminiscence and tendrils of those same songs and tones and my goodness it's just a master class of that and i actually think not to go backwards but i think that's why i loved hamilton so much is because it also uh did such a dang good job of like setting up different tones beats riffs um musical elements that they then explore and evolve and, and revisit and just the way that they play with the music um, throughout the show you're not just listening to a story as it's moving through you're listening to it being told with these songs that are kind of exploring and evolving and changing throughout the show as well to, to kind of respond to the storyline and as much as i think hamilton was a master class of it les mis wrote the book uh it was amazing um go listen to the 
20th anniversary album. It is the greatest uh, version of it, and it will it's it's my favorite. I'll listen to it all day, every day. I love it. Yeah, I should. It, it occurred to me halfway through your list. I was thinking, oh, I bet. Yep, I bet that's Casey's. Yep. Oh, yeah. One. Hands down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I grew up on it. I mean, I, I, it was the, I fell in love with it as, you know, a theater nerd. Um, and actually, the, my first introduction to it was in, oh boy, that was eighth grade, I believe. Uh, back in my junior high days, uh, one of the classes you had to take was called Exploration, where you took a different class every couple of weeks. I think you did six the whole year. So it was like, you know, three a semester. Um, and so you do like a couple of weeks in a class and what, you know, you do all the languages. So you did like a German class, a Spanish, and then a French. And in our French class, obviously because of, you know, the implications um, and because the teacher of the class was uh, it's funny enough, the teacher of that French class, his son was a good friend of mine who was the huge theater nerd I mentioned earlier, who introduced me to the last five years. Anyway, his dad was our teacher and uh, during the sh- during that uh, you know course, we watched a I believe there's a, a DVD or, or movie of it, the 20th anniversary concert that I love so much. They did an opera kind of version of it on film, so you can go watch it. And we watched it in class. And from that day on, man, it's uh, it been imprinted on me. It's my favorite. Love it. Did you um did you have any honorable mentions that maybe we yes. didn't talk about? Okay, lots cool. actually. <laughs> not well, not <laughs> lots. Um. I actually kind of want to just kind of go through the, I was going to scroll through this top list. Um, Wicked was number three on this ranker list. I actually haven't listened to, but was super trending popular amongst my theater friends back in the day. So a lot of people are really into Wicked. I saw that one. It was great. Yeah. We didn't wrench in Sound of Music. That's a top 10 here. The original Sound of Music. Um, that's classic. a classic. Chicago was high on the list. Um I think I've seen it once. I don't remember it a ton, but, uh, you know, a classic jazz inspired musical. Uh, crazily enough, top 10 is Dear Evan Hansen, which Whoa. I thought was a really bad movie. I've only heard it in the context of, uh, shoot, it was the kid from the Pitch Perfects, uh, the like nerdy roommate. Oh, was, like, yes. The lead. And uh, which was. I think the biggest weird part is because he was like so much older than everyone. And it was like, you know, a high school type musical, but yeah, it's top, top 10 on this list. Number eight, number nine, fiddle on the roof, 10 lion King, which I haven't actually seen the, the like musical uh, or listened to the musical or Broadway soundtrack, you know, outside of you know, the Disney and the, and the remake recently. Me either. Yeah. Um, 11 book of Mormon. Love it. Love it. Uh, 12 is one I haven't listened to, but was uh, one that was really popular into the woods. Have oh, I, I saw that movie. I, I wasn't, I like wasn't a huge fan one. of the movie, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think the the movie I thought uh, was pretty panned, but the original Broadway play was pretty popular. Okay. 13 is one that I'm really sad that I haven't seen yet. It was into the Heights. Um, I haven't checked that out yet. That new Lin-Manuel Miranda musical. It's, it's very good. I, I liked it well, a lot. I say it's, new, like it was an old musical, but the new movie with the songs. Yeah, ton of fun. Well, shoot, that's going to be on my list then as well. Uh, 14, I'm going to just keep flying through because they're my honorable mentions next. 14, My Fair Lady, haven't listened to it. 15 is Rent, which I enjoyed so oh, much yeah. back in the day, but have since, you know, it's not the best musical, um, but man, I was super into that back when that came out. Yeah, I, I have a couple fond memories of Rent, too, in the soundtrack as well. 
Otherwise, I think the only other honorable mention I have is Spamalot, which is the Monty yeah. Python uh, Holy Grail musical. Um, I actually went uh, to New York with my mom to go see that. Funny story was that, you know, I she introduced me to Monty Python. That was what her and her dad watched. So, like, shouts to my mom for my sense of humor, right? Watching Monty Python as a kid. But when I was in high school, the musical came out and uh, I... It, the internet, someone on the internet, I swear, I read like a, a thread on some, you know, it wasn't Reddit back then, but some message board, someone made the audacious claim like, oh, good luck getting a ticket to the Broadway show for the next two years. And I'm in Minnesota. I'm not even near New York. Like, what am I going to do trying to get to a Broadway show? But I was like, yeah, I'll show you, dude. And I went and looked for tickets. And lo and behold, I could get tickets to the show uh, on December 23rd, like two days before Christmas. <laughs> And I told my mom this, she's like, well, and I, you know, I was, you know, a high school student, I had a job uh, at, you know, part-time job in the sign. She's like, well, if you buy tickets, I'll buy plane tickets. And I was like, deal. So we went to New York. We went and saw Spam a lot. Uh, super funny musical, especially if you're into uh, Monty Python. That's awesome. Your mom sounds like a rock star. What can I say? Ooh, other honorable mention, the producers. I don't know if you ever saw the producers, but that was a super funny one as well. I did not. I've heard, I've heard it's hilarious though. Yeah, produce is pretty good. Uh, but we could go on and on. Um, yeah. Obviously, I, I haven't seen all of these, but uh, that's probably all I've got for honorable mentions. Do you have any other ones you want to add? I just have two. Grease has always been a guilty pleasure of mine. I can always sure. watch Grease. I mean, Travolta, he's, I, you say what you will about him outside of his work, but when he's within his work, he's unstoppable. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Purple Rain. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Being. Well, that's tough because, like, how many, do you, you know, where do you draw the line? What is a musical? What is a movie that has music? You know, I, I know it's like it's like I'm that La sure. La Land thing. It's is it? A, I, I think La La Land's a musical, but I could see why people would maybe disagree. Well, and like in Disney, like the Lion King, original Lion King, there's, you know, a handful of songs. But is it a musical? Right. Right. Yeah. Encanto uh, recently kind of flirts with that line too. I, I don't know if it's a musical or if it's an animated Disney movie that has just a ton of really good songs. I don't know. But I think that is a good list, a ton of good honorable mentions. And, you know, I was going through too, just to kind of see if there were any um, dishonorable mentions or maybe music we did not care for as much. And, you know, I Cats is an easy target. I'm not going to go there, but I, I think the the uh, jury is out on cats and generally how people feel about that. So, you know, we won't, uh, we won't go there. Um, but otherwise, yeah, there, there's just a host of older films kind of from the golden age of cinema that I have yet to check in on in my movie watching. Um, but you know, we'll get there. There's always time. And this is the part of the show where I kill time because Casey is far away and that's okay so i'm just talking and waiting for dude you did so good i was chad you're gonna have to cut all this i was about to piss my pants i was gonna try to make it to the end but i was like no i don't want to rush the end it's a disservice but i had to run to the bathroom before i peed all over the floor so you did (laughs) i was so close to getting back that was an amazing time kill Chad, oh. good luck finding a place to come. I was like looking for this. 30 more seconds. I was like, he's he's <laughs> either going to be right back or he'll be back in like five minutes. Oh, I'm not sure. You were so close. <laughs> I know. Dang it. Dang it. Well, do you uh, want to close on. this I'm gonna, out? I'm going to try to pick back up. What were you talking about? Oh, honorable dishonorable mentions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, cats, 
Oh gosh. I actually haven't seen cats. Um, I've seen, you know, YouTube discussions about cats, whether it be the actual, you know, the movie or even the actual musical and, you know, people that, cause there's a big cult following of people. It's so funny. You're either hot or you're cold when it comes to cats. And I don't know what side to get on, you know, before I get murdered, it's probably going to be cold, but I don't know. I know it almost makes me want to go punk rock and just say that I love it just to do that, but it's yeah, probably bad. But that's where I worry. Like, is that what people are doing? <laughs> right. 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 I don't even know. Um, yeah. I don't know that I have any other dishonorable mentions. Um, yeah. I think that's all I got. Same. Well, shoot. Thanks, everyone, for, uh, you know, bearing with us. Uh, even if you weren't a big fan of musicals, thanks for hanging out and still being here. If you were a fan of musicals, uh, you're welcome. You know, speaking of musicals, we didn't talk about Moana. My kid's rocking that all day every way. So you're welcome. Um, <laughs> nice. But man, yeah. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Check us out on Twitter at uh, Movie Machine Pod. Uh, like I said, kind of in the intro, and I don't know how much Chad's going to keep in this about you know, the goings on. Um, but, you know, we just want to get more consistent on getting stuff out there. So if you uh, are on Twitter following us, feel free to shoot some suggestions and things you want to hear us talk about, riff on, things we should go watch and then discuss, uh, anything like that. Just hit us up on Twitter at Movie Machine Pod. And obviously, uh, check us out on all the podcast places. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks, Casey. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.